get out there. Be brave. Try things you've never done before. Take risks. You can delete posts. No, they're not there forever. I mean, don't don't get too caught up in your head about if I make a post that has a typo in it or I post a dumb picture by accident. You know, nobody's going to remember that anyway. They're scrolling like a million miles an hour and they probably didn't see it in the first place. So when you delete it, it's gone and everyone's forgotten. It's totally fine. Don't get too up in your head about posting frequently. Just keep it really simple and take it one step at a time. Hey, Warners, welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About. I am Gina Tremarco, Master Sales Trainer and Director of Coaching Programs at Sales Gravy. I am so sort of sad to say Susanna's not here today because she's at like Disney something in Europe or France or Paris. I don't know. She's doing something Mickey Mouse like with the kids and couldn't be here this week. But who is here in the house is Miss Abigail, a.k.a. Abby Lester from Sales Gravy, who is my she doesn't know this yet, but she's sort of my guest and my co-host today. Woo, woo. Welcome to the show, Abby. No pressure, no pressure at all. Thank <laughs> you for having me, Gina. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you got to like take a break from the blonde, right? And bring in another redhead to the party. I just right. love that. We are the the resident redheads. For we sure. are the resident redheads at Sales Gravy. Makes us a little fiery. What exa- What is your exact title at Sales Gravy? I should know this. I just call you the marketing maven. But what is your exact title? I should change it to marketing maven. I really like that. Like I am. Uh, yes. I, it's just a little bit whimsical. It's more me. But I am um, the marketing director at Sales Gravy. Awesome. And you are an awesome marketing director. Um, and I know you're really, really good at copywriting and you're really good at branding. And you are all over the socials for us, pushing us from behind the scenes to make sure that we're doing everything we can on social. And I really wanted to bring you on today because I think it's such a powerful tool to be talking about the value of social media, something we teach at Sales Gravy, but personal branding as well. And there's so much we can do with this. I'm going to give you the choice. What would you like to jump on first as a starting point? What's your like, "Mm, this is my favorite thing to talk about? So I think um, this is something that you and I both feel pretty passionately about, and it's storytelling. So storytelling plays a huge role in selling anything, but especially selling yourself. And kind of at the core of personal branding is how do you communicate your message to other people? How are they perceiving you? And are those aligned with how you want to be portrayed, like how you want people to see you? Um, And that comes down to how you tell your story. Mm -hmm. I love it. What is your opinion on how people should be telling their story? So this is a little bit controversial, maybe, because I think most people think, um, you know, the best approach is just to go full throttle, like be yourself, be yourself online. And that's true to a point. But I think what's really important is to have somebody else weigh in. Um, And I can go into more detail about that later. But I think it's really important to have outside eyes on your social media presence and your presence online so that you can hear from somebody you know and trust, like how you come off to other people. It's really hard to like look at ourselves in the mirror and use our social media as a mirror 
to understand what we're putting out there. I think that is so important. So I'm happy you brought that up because I think there's a couple of schools of thought on this, in my opinion. There is the way people see you. And sometimes the way people see you is not how you see yourself. And you could be out of alignment with how you're putting yourself out there. Does that mean, am I making sense? Yeah, that's exactly it. What would be some of your suggestions on how how we could so one thing would be able is maybe go to someone and say hey how should i be presenting myself or what's your opinion of me like how would you approach it if you were let's say a salesperson who's trying to up their game on social media and their presence so it's kind of a three-step approach first what i would do is kind of look around at um, people in your field people similar to you people in your role however you want to i don't know however you want to do that Um, who you compare yourself to, who you're most like, and kind of look at what they're doing. Look at what they're seeing online, what they're posting, what's getting the most engagement on their end, um, who they're talking to the most, and who's talking back. Those conversations are really important. And then um, look at yours. And don't get too caught up in the comparison game. I know it can be really um, discouraging sometimes because it's like, oh my gosh, you know, so and so has their life together on Instagram. How do I do that? And it's literally one step at a time. But first, just look at yours, do an audit. You know, what kind of conversations are you having with people on your LinkedIn, your Instagram, your Facebook, wherever you show up professionally? Um, and then third is is to have somebody else look at your social media profile and tell you the same. You know. What what kind of conversations does it look like I'm having? Um, can you tell what I do based on my social media? Oh, I should have had you look look at my social media before you came on the show. Oh, that would have been fun. <laughs> maybe we maybe we do that next time. Look at you. You're already getting yourself back on the show. I love it. Yeah, I think that would be a super cool show to do. Ooh, okay. Let's put that on the list of things to do is to kind of like do an audit of people's, of of their social presence. One of the things that I've noticed lately in my social media approach, and I do have a social media person who, a virtual assistant who does some posting for me, because quite honestly, I get so busy and we teach this at Sales Gravy of like, what is the best use of your time and your golden hours and things like that? And I certainly cannot expect Abby to do all my posts for me because she's busy. So I got someone to help me with that, resharing the things that you create, but also posting things for me and my voice. And this is someone who's actually done work for me for years. So she knows my voice well enough. And something that I noticed is that all of a sudden I started attracting potential clients on Facebook. And I totally... Like it was so unexpected. Like these are people that they weren't like people taking a course with me or an inbound lead. These are just people who follow me and have been following me. And I'm pretty authentic and real on Facebook as I am as a per. you know, like this is who I am. Um, but I also have a professional page on Facebook. But I've noticed that I have more following on the personal, obviously, than on the professional. And what's happened you know, I, I try to stay mindful about it because I start to get a lot of inquiries about, hey, what would it look like to work with you and work with Sales Gravy? 
And so that was really surprising to me because I thought, you know, the game was strictly LinkedIn for what we do. But I started to get traction off of Facebook. So we started to post more there as well as Instagram. What's your opinion on that approach? Because, you know, some of the younger people in the world, like maybe yourself, are like, oh, Facebook's for old people. I am old. So, yes. But what if, and maybe it's not as professional um, as a LinkedIn, but what are your thoughts on the different channels that we can be on? Yeah. So um, in my personal and unprofessional opinion, I do think Facebook is for old people. (laughs) Um, But part of that's just because I kind of I used it when I was 13 and then it kind of fell out of popularity. And then after that, it changed so many different times. I really struggled to like learn it again. And since all those changes, it's not, you know, the Facebook of my youth. So It's just fallen out of favor for me. But I think that you raise a really excellent point. And actually, it doesn't surprise me at all that you're getting inquiries on Facebook, especially your personal page, even though it seems like that might be in opposition to just how you show up online in a professional way and how you show up online in a personal way are usually pretty different. And I think, you know, sometimes... The personal side of things resonates with people more. It's a good way to create trust is show more of yourself. Open yourself up. Be vulnerable. Communicate clearly. Be transparent about your life. Share. And when you take those kinds of, you know, sort of emotional risks online, people are more likely to take the leap. Ask you, hey, um, I just found your page. I want to learn more about what you do. I really like this post. It seems like you know a lot about improv. I want to know more about that. What do you do at Sales Gravy? I've never heard of Sales Gravy before. And those kinds of questions, people don't like to be like pushy. People don't like, we know that at Sales Gravy, we know people are afraid to be pushy. People are afraid to ask questions. And part of that just comes down to when we ask questions, we reveal things about ourselves and it makes us vulnerable. So It's kind of a give and take. And I think showing up with a little bit of personal flair, even on your professional pages, is good practice for that reason. That's awesome. One one thing that I just changed in like the last week to the opposite of that, right? Facebook can be very personal. I typically on LinkedIn stay extremely professional, right? We follow the rules that we teach of like, you know, share valuable content and then, um, you know, make share promo piece to promote something. So I stick pretty close to that of sharing valuable content. But lately, I've started sharing just a couple personal things here and there. Just a photo. Maybe it was like it was a photo while I was on vacation over the holidays. My husband and I went um, elk. We're looking at elk. What are they? they call deer when they look for deer, deer sightings. I called it an elk sighting or something like that, where we went to look for the elks and, um, right. And I posted a picture of us with the elk in the background or, uh, you know, here and there I'll post like a personal picture. And that seems to generate a lot of impressions. Let's talk a little bit about the impressions, um, especially on LinkedIn. What is your opinion or what do you see as, things that are going to have the most impact that we could be posting on LinkedIn? 
that's kind of a complicated question. And it's honestly a multi-pronged approach because there's the things that kind of bring people in. Um, and then there's the kind of content that gets people curious about you. And then they start to dig a little deeper. And then there's the kind of content that encourages people to take action on something. And you kind of have to use all of those in combination. So it's not really just any one kind of post. You sort of have to sprinkle out all of those. And it may look like you're sharing something about your personal life. So, you know, your elk sightings. Then you're <laughs> going to share like, hey, by the way, this week at Sales Gravy, I'm doing A, B, and C. That shows like how you serve the people you work with. Mm -hmm. And then you might post... Um, I know that you posted about your book of play. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And that's a really good one. So you can then create a value add and then you stamped your picture right in front of it, which is beautiful. I think that that's so it, it was like kind of funny to me, but it's it's perfect because people are like, oh, my gosh, I recognize that's Gina. And look at that book. And then your whole message is um here's something that can help you that's totally for free. If you're looking for a resource on A, B, or C, then that's a way for them to kind of make a commitment, but it's really low risk. Well, it's funny that you bring that one up because it's really fresh because I think it posted today. And I say I think because I didn't do it because I do have someone who does it. And I saw that show up in my feed and I'm like, what the, what is that? Right. I saw myself in the middle of the image and part of the image is the book of play that you actually designed. So it's your book of play. It's your graphic that we repurposed. And there I <laughs> biggest life in the middle of it. And it totally, totally threw me off. You stopped and looked at it, didn't you? I stopped and looked at it, which was a really like it, it shocked me. Right. It was my it was my content. Um, but, but I didn't create it. But all of a sudden, I'm like, what the heck am I doing in the middle of this image? So I thought that was really powerful. So uh, kudos to you, Rebecca, for posting that, because it not only stopped me, got my attention, but I don't know if you noticed this at Sales Gravy, but there were several downloads to it today. So imagine I thought, that. I thought that was pretty cool that several downloads came in from that post just a few hours ago. Uh, that just kind of disrupted everything. Oh. Disrupted is such a good word. And I love that it looks totally different. You're right. It's repurposing something that I designed that we've been sharing for, I don't know, like a year, year and a half yeah. mm -hmm. since um, we initially launched it. And I love that you're getting downloads on it today. Just, just you know, January 4th, whatever, just yeah. any day. Yeah. And I think it's because it just looks different than anything else yes. we're putting out. And the fact that it visually stands out makes a huge difference. And sometimes it's just that like association that clicks with somebody's brain or they're like, whoa, this is like not usually what they post. This must be new. This must be different. It just kind of creates that association. So they're more likely to want to look into it. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that for a second on, you know, it is something that we've had that for a while. We've had the content for a while. This is a download that's been available for a while. It generates leads for us. Um, and, and then it got changed up today on my side of things. And I I pretty much trust the person who does my posts. I and mean, she doesn't run everything by me. And um, 
uh, let's talk about how a, how an individual salesperson at an organization could be pumping up their personal brand in a way that doesn't confuse brands. Because I know Jeb and I had a conversation about this a couple months ago about, you know, I came into the company with an existing brand as Gina Tremarco. Uh, and we had to have a conversation about not confusing the brand between Gina Tremarco and Sales Gravy so that there wasn't a confusion on what am I doing? Um, I'm trying to work hand in hand in tandem of like, I'm just one piece of the pie at Sales Gravy. Or as Jeb would say, I'm just one star in the galaxy at Sales Gravy. What would be some of your advice for people to kind of push out their own personal brands a little bit more? Because sometimes some of the things I post, I am repurposing. Um, maybe something you did, or I'm promoting one of the courses I'm going to teach, but maybe I'm doing it a little bit differently than something that you already have out there. And another reason why I do this is we'll start to see our sales gravy content in the feed, right? Because we're all posting it. And then all of a sudden, Rebecca, for me, will like post the same content, but with a, with a different image. And I think sometimes that maybe grabs some more attention because the brain starts to, you know, see the same thing over and over again. And now there's something new that causes them to lean in that maybe they didn't lean in the first time. That was a really long-winded thing. But what would be your advice to someone to kind of just pump up their own personal brand in an organization while supporting the organization's brand? Um, So an easy way to do that is to... Just create subtle associations to the company you work for. So that's going to be along the lines of whatever your marketing department's doing. And you can probably ask the marketing department what's going to fly and what's not going to fly. Um, And frankly, it comes down to use some brand colors, whether it's the clothes you're wearing and the videos you post, if they have some of the colors associated with the brand, if you, you know, put the logo on it, um, Some things you might not want to put the logo on. You don't necessarily want it to be associated with the company. And there could be some legal stuff with that. And you don't want to get, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to deal with that if you're just trying to like put yourself out there and create awareness around what you're able to offer. But um, colors are a big thing. Pay attention to fonts a little bit. You know, don't try and differentiate too much from the fonts that your company uses. Mm -hmm. And I think that honestly, just those two things. Um, would would be enough. Um, and then mentioning the company, yeah, like as needed. Um, I work for blah blah blah. I do this. Just kind of making that introduction, and then even in your social media posts this week at so and so company, I've been doing A, B, and C. And then you hop into like a personal anecdote. Mm-hmm. And you have your personal content, but you tied in the company. Yeah. That's yeah. a good way to, and, to balance And tying that. in the company by tagging it as well, because most companies today, especially in LinkedIn, they have company pages. So if you tag that company, right, because I, I do that a lot, right? I tag it so that you actually see it come up. And then if you see it come up because I've tagged the company, then you can reshare it, which you ultimately do. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about posting either. Um, another way that you can, you can kind of improve your personal brand is by engaging on the posts that your company is putting out. Comment under them, share them, add a little detail about how you are involved in an initiative they post yeah. about, how you are involved in a project, or how you are selling a product that they just came out with that they announced. There's different ways you can engage on their posts where 
you know, when somebody sees your company's posts showing up on their feed, then they're also going to see your comment right under yep. there. Yep. What we teach at Sales Gravy, like, comment, share, right? Like the post, comment on the post and share the post. So important. Um, even when you share, when you post your own post or share your own post, you should also comment on it even though you posted it, right? Yes. Even though it can feel a little cringy. <laughs> <laughs> if for no other reason than the activity on the post is just going to bump it up. Yeah. And even better if you're able to like or comment on somebody else's reply or comment on yeah. your post. That's really ideal because then that's telling the algorithm that, hey, people are interacting with this. More people are going to want to see this. Exactly. And then it bounces up to other people's feeds that may not usually see that post. Exactly. And for anybody who follows Jeb, you see that Jeb will... He will reply to every comment that somebody puts out there. Yes. And that is beautiful practice. That's yeah. exactly what he should be doing. Yeah. It is a great practice that we should all definitely be doing. Now, you had something um, that you sent me. It's so funny. Jeb Blunt's calling me right now on my cell phone while we're talking. Um, you, you sent something to me um, about um, social media for dummies. And I didn't have a chance to really look at that. But uh, if we missed anything or we've covered some of that already, what else can we be doing from a social media perspective? Yeah, absolutely. So the most important thing, if you're not super familiar or even really comfortable with social media, it's really overwhelming. You may not know where to start. So a really good place to begin is, like we talked about, your profile. Is your bio updated? Is your work history updated on LinkedIn? Is your profile picture professional looking? Is it blurry? Does it actually fit in the little circle? You know, those things are really important to how, how you're visible and how you appear to other people. So you want to make sure your profile looks good and you can find all of the image dimensions and all that stuff by a quick Google. It will literally pop up in the first two results. Even though it's changing all the time, you can usually find the most updated standards yeah. On Google without any problem. You just have to look it up. You just have to try. In terms of your actual approach to posting and engaging on social media, don't worry too much about frequency of posting. I know a lot of people tend to fret about, okay, I have to post every single day. I have to post seven times a day. I need to post like five times a week and it has to be these kinds of posts. Don't overthink that, especially in the beginning. All that's going to matter is if you're posting on a consistent schedule. So that could be once a day. Just make sure it's the same time every day. And then it could be once a week. Just make sure it's around the same time every week. Okay. And more importantly than that, a couple of minutes before you post, start engaging on stuff on your feed. Start commenting mm -hmm. on posts that you recently posted that you know had one or two likes on it, had a couple comments, even if it didn't do numbers, as they say. Um, you can just just do a little bit of interacting, start liking some posts on your feed so that Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook is like, oh, okay, they're on, they're active, they're going to do something. Then you post. And after you post, you might have that sense of relief like, oh my gosh, I just posted. Great, I'm done. Or it might be that fear of like, oh my gosh, I sent it. I'm going to put my phone down. I have to run away. I'm like so scared. I don't want you to do either of those things. What you're going to do is you're going to stay on for a couple more minutes, wait till you get a like or two, and then comment on the post. Share it, tag somebody in a comment. 
you're going to interact on your own post a couple mm. times, and then you're going to go back to engaging on other posts for just a couple minutes. So it's seriously no more than like five minutes. Abby, um, that is so, like, I didn't know that. That is like yeah. such good stuff right there. So do a little bit of posting and engaging before you create your own post and then stay on and do a little more posting and engaging before you get off. Yes. Just make it a routine. Does that change the does that change the algorithms? So, I mean, for the individual, like thinking about the algorithm too much will just give you a headache and okay. it's not worth it because they're going to change it tomorrow. But for the most part, think about like what the social media companies want. They want you to be on as much as possible. So you're clicking on ads and buying stuff. Mm. That's how they get money. So think about that and then think about how they're going to promote your posts or, or boost your posts a little bit more if you're active and you're keeping other people online. The longer that you can stay online and the longer that other people can stay online, the more likely they are to buy something on a sponsored ad, right? That's just yeah. math. So just work with it a little bit, but to your own advantage. I like that. I like that a lot. I didn't. I did not even think about that. So thank you. You just taught me something new today. It might be a little bit of a pessimistic way to look at social media, but ultimately that's what it is. No, it's a business no, no, driver. No. Yeah, it, it is. It is. I think that's a really good point. And I think to your point too about consistency, it creates the habit of like get on there, do something with it, you know, create a time block around that to do that, and then move on to the next thing and create the consistency. I love it. Uh, one of the things you also say is know your audience, know what platform you can best reach them on. This might take some some digging and some research. Tell us, elaborate a little bit more on that. So I guess I don't have like a good example of this per se. Well, we can use Sales Gravy. So Sales Gravy shows up the most on LinkedIn. We have the biggest audience on LinkedIn. That's where sales professionals usually are. That's what they're using to network with their clients, right? So a lot of our audience, we see the most active on LinkedIn for us. But that might be different for more of a like direct-to-consumer business where that's going to be more Facebook, Instagram. Mm -hmm. it, it really just depends on what market you're in. But kind of look around at which of your accounts you're getting the most likes, comments, or inquiries on about your business, mm -hmm. about your role, um, about what you do at work. And that's going to kind of give you a hint about where your audience is. I like that. Another note on that is your company and your competitors, whichever platform they have the most followers on, that's going to be where Ooh. the audience is. Ah, so that's where you need to be. That's another nugget right there. Pay attention to where, where they are. I like that. Um, something that I've also, because I, I try to like play with different things, um, especially on Facebook. I see this more so on Facebook than LinkedIn, and maybe it's just the audience in general. Every now and then I'll post something just quirky. It's got nothing to do with business or the company. It's just a quirky thing that I will post because I can be a little quirky and because of my comedy background. And that seems to generate so much engagement. Like I, I posted the other day um, how obnoxious my new Apple Watch is at telling me to stand up, right? Like I'm like, this is a very, I think I said something like it was either, I think I called my Apple Watch very 
Oh, a, a big guilt tripper. I said my Apple oh, Watch yeah. is a big guilt tripper. Time to stand. And I got so much engagement on that post because everybody wanted to tell their own Apple Watch story. Oh, yeah. Um, humorously, like they all jumped on the bandwagon about how about when you're watching a movie and it tells you to stand like all of these comments came in. And I, and I found it really interesting that that created such an engagement. How could we do things like that from a business perspective that would create that kind of engagement? Really simple. Uh, so something that I like to do is follow some I don't know what they're called exactly, but it's like business comedy accounts. And it's just like making light of professional life and work life and work culture. And what you'll see is a lot of times what they'll do is every, you know, five or six posts, maybe they'll have something that's a bit of like behind the scenes, something that's a little on the nose and relatable, but isn't exactly in line with the content they usually post. Mm hmm. And that's just a differentiator. It's a way to kind of like grab attention because people aren't expecting that kind of content. And it shows them a little bit of, honestly, it just shows them something different. And a lot of yeah. times, different is good. Um, yeah, like me, big as life in the middle of content you already created. Yeah, stunning. Perfect. I couldn't <laughs> have done it better myself. I was like, I wasn't crazy about the picture, but hey, it worked. It's so, that me too. I think I shared it. I was like stunned because I would never do that. I mean, that's just not my graphic design style. It's not like how I've really positioned our brand on social media. And I saw it and I was like, this is perfect. Okay, good. I need it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I didn't see it in, in advance, but these are things I think about that keep me up at night. How can we be just a little bit different to get attention um, there's a couple there's a couple groups on Facebook, um, on LinkedIn, like um, I think one is sales humor and yeah. they post a lot of great stuff yes. that I end up resharing because it's so funny because it's relatable, mm -hmm. um, obviously humor and because it's things that we can laugh at. But they take they, they do some contrast where, you know, they'll take pictures from movies like oh, what's that movie a TV show called? Is it Bad Boys? Oh, there's the main character in that. It's like all the the superheroes that are really villains. And it's the same guy that they, they post his face all the time. Oh, my with, gosh. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about, right? And I don't know what it's I'm, called. I'm going to have to go back and find it and share it with you. Uh, but how, you know, try to think of things that you can do that are going to just catch them off guard for a second, then go back to business, right? We all kind of need a little bit of a break in the day that's going to make us laugh like to ask you about TikTok. I saw you say something about, you know, don't be downloading certain apps. Talk a little bit more about that, but also talk about TikTok because I know I'm getting hit up more and more by outside companies, you know, saying, hey, we can help you with your business with TikTok. Um, what are some of your thoughts on that? So I think there's a lot of hype unnecessarily around um apps that will build TikToks for you mm -hmm. and build reels for you. Honestly, these are not that much different than the features that are built into the apps to create TikToks and reels, um, reels on Instagram. And it's going to do essentially the same thing. I think a lot of the frustration with reels and TikToks is the apps will crash if you add too much footage at one time or if your internet connection isn't awesome like perfect, um, then it will crash. And I think they've done a better job about making sure that even if it crashes, your draft will save. 
but it's not, you know, it's not 100% reliable. The unfortunate thing is, even if you spend $16 on a TikTok making app from the app store, it's going to crash too. That's just a memory thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. And there's no point in spending extra money on apps that you're going to have to invest the same amount of work in to create the reel. Um, A lot of times it's going to have a watermark on it. If you don't pay extra, if you don't pay a subscription, it's really just not worth it. Just dedicate the little bit of extra time to understand the the builders and reels and well in Instagram and TikTok and just stick to that. You can use templates too. A lot of times you can like create a stitch or use a template of somebody else's. That's really how I got started. I would just use a template from somebody else's reel or TikTok and then follow the template and just build in whatever pictures or video footage or music that I wanted. Then once you've done that a couple times, you'll get really comfortable with all the features. Oh, and what's your opinion on TikTok in general from a business um, perspective? Ooh, from a business perspective. Yeah. Using it for business. I think it's fun and it takes, I mean, it's a little bit, um, it's just a little bit unbuttoned, you know, like it's a little more relaxed. You can have more fun with it inherently, like you're more likely to lean more towards something a little more artistic, something a little bit more comedic. It's just relaxed and not as much, um, even though you can build CTAs into your content, it's not as much as what I feel on LinkedIn is like, okay, hey, here's my company. Here's what we do. Buy this thing. Yeah. Like every post is like that. Yeah. Um, TikTok, you can make it something funny. And then at the end, like DM us for more information or comment below if you're interested in this or for more content, go to our website. I mean, you can sprinkle it in, but for the most part, like people go on TikTok for entertainment, not to be sold stuff, but they are being sold stuff on TikTok. I probably have purchased something through TikTok. I'm sure that I have because I'm being entertained. And that is why we're there to, is to be entertained. But there have been probably more B2C companies that are doing really well on it. There, there's a woman who she wrote a book about going through her divorce and it like she started posting stuff on TikTok about it, about what she went through. And, you know, her following went through the roof. Like it's crazy what she was able to do from that, just from like sharing parts of her personal life there. And then that helped build up her business. So. I was just curious your thoughts, your thoughts on that. But I think you're right. It's it's a little more relaxed. People don't want to be sold to. It goes back to we don't want to be sold to, but we're 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 likely to like buy from people when we start to like them and we're yes. like, hey, you're funny. I like you, or you, you know, you provide good information. How can I like hang out with you more and buy something from you? Right. That becomes a natural fit. Exactly. I mean, you build that familiarity and then it's way easier to get in the door with somebody. Yeah. So you've also got, um, as we get ready to kind of wrap up the show, unless you have other things that you want to add, which we'll take, you've got some some helpful resources when it comes to social media uh, that people that, you know, they could be doing to up the game on social media. What, what are some of those resources? So there are oodles and oodles of like design and photo editing like programs I would recommend that you don't spend money on any of them if you can manage it. Mm. So the best free resources that I can offer up are going to be Canva. There's a lot of like divided opinions about Canva, but ultimately it's for the individual user. 
especially for the individual user. It's for people who don't have a very sophisticated knowledge of like graphic design or illustration or anything super digital and technical. It's really easy to use. It's free. There are certain like elements that you might have to purchase, but I'm pretty sure Canva is still free and you can create a basic account, make little collages. You can drop in frames or text. And that's just a fun way to make your pictures look more fun and and pop. Um, Then there's going to be Unsplash. Unsplash is a great place to download free like stock images. Um, Stock image sites will just, you have to pay through the nose for those and you really don't need to. Just use Unsplash. Do not download stuff off Google Images. I mean, for the love of all that's holy, (laughs) don't do that. Um, They're going to be bad quality. There's probably trademark stuff going on. Just don't touch it. Just download it from Unsplash. Um, If you're going to dive into something a little more in-depth, I do recommend Adobe Lightroom for, for editing pictures. They come out so nice and crisp. Um, I just think that they look beautiful. And it's really easy to manipulate the brightness, exposure, saturation, anything you want to. And then there's lots of places where you can download um, preset packs. And preset packs are basically just filters um, that come in a pack that all go together. And you can edit your pictures that way. It'll create a really beautiful, seamless feed for you on social media. Um, The other thing is Adobe Express. Adobe Express is really similar to Canva, but if you're paying for the Adobe Suite already, then might as well use Adobe Express. Okay. And the um, Adobe Lightroom, does that have a cost to it? Yeah, all the the Adobe programs Mm -hmm. do. The thing, though, is um, there are ways to get free trials for a little while. um, And I would say test it out. Get a free trial if you really like it and you want to stick to it right on. But ultimately, you may find that you can do plenty of photo editing on iPhone or Android and then on Canva or even in Instagram. Okay. There's plenty of filters there, too. And I, I'd never heard of Adobe Lightroom or Express or Unsplash, so I'm going to check out Unsplash. And Canva, you still can get for free. I do pay for Canva because that gives me access, You, as you know, to like, I get all my images there. So any images that I want, I get out of Canva and paying the monthly fee that I pay for it. I forget what I pay. $10 a month. I don't know. And that's Um, a good point, too, that Canva has stock photos as well. Yeah. Canva has a lot of stock photos. So it makes it super easy as like a one-stop shop in Canva. But you can use Canva for free. Um, And I'll, I'll say like my previous graphics person, when I owned my theater, she has now made the switch over to Canva, even though she's like, trained in all the things she's like it's just so much easier for me to use canva so she's just gone the full canva route as a designer so i love that canva's done some pretty amazing things in the last couple years just leveling up um because their biggest competitor is adobe so i mean when when you're facing that kind of like monster yeah (laughs) uh, in the design world then you've really got to step up your game and be competitive and so I think they've really stepped up to the plate. Cool. Anything, any any final words you'd like to, or final pieces of advice you would like to give to our listeners? Yes. Uh, get out there. Be brave. Try things you've never done before. Take risks. You can delete posts. 
No, they're not there forever. I mean, don't don't get too caught up in your head about if I make a post that has a typo in it or I post a dumb picture by accident. You know, nobody's going to remember that anyway. They're like scrolling super fast, probably. I mean, let's let's be realistic. They're scrolling like a million miles an hour and they probably didn't see it in the first place. And so when you delete it, it's gone and everyone's forgotten. It's totally fine. Don't get too up in your head about it, about posting, you know, frequently. Just keep it really simple and take it one step at a time. And if you feel like you're doing something that's a little risky, just take it back a notch. You can't you can't go wrong. Yeah. Or delete it. Yeah. You do you could do that too. It was so fun having you on the show today. And you gave some great tips for our listeners. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you had a good time. I sure did. There's just so much to cover. It's like it's impossible to get to everything. But um yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me on. You're so welcome. And hey, listeners, if you want to I'm I'm just gonna put it out there. She didn't I, I didn't get her permission, but Find Abby on our website at salesgravy.com and maybe hit her up. Maybe you got some questions for Abby. Maybe Abby can help you or find her on LinkedIn. She's a great resource. Uh, We've got lots of stars in the galaxy at Sales Gravy, as Jeb likes to say, which, by the way, this show is sponsored by Sales Gravy. And you should be upping your game all the time. Check out salesgravy.university for close to 200 courses, some live a lot on demand. Go check that out. It's a really good deal. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to this episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About. I'm Gina Tremarco. This is Abby Lester filling in for Susanna Gray-Jones, and we will see you next time. Bye, Warners. Bye, Abby. Bye. Bye.